Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. How's everybody doing? This is episode 108. You know, I'm doing better. I'm doing better this week. Uh, last week, I was supposed to record, but I, I, I just didn't feel like doing it, so I just didn't do it. I know. I know. I, I've been really bad recently of just skipping weeks of doing the podcast. You know, I, I, I'm trying to remember if there was even a good lineup last week. I got rid of a lot of the stories and kind of started over again um, with a new lineup this week. Some updates, though, to provide you with, uh, you know, I haven't exactly been fairly active on social media. So, uh, you know, it's been it's been kind of tough to kind of get back onto that. Took it last week off, kind of last minute as a bit of a mental health break. And it was just, it was a rough three weeks. As you guys know, Finn was in hospital. He was homesick. He's finally back to daycare. Thank goodness for that. Uh, so he's out of my house and I can finally focus on work full time and not split my activities, split my, split my duties between trying to do my job and have Finn running around destroying my house. I am going to be really late to, to this next point though, because I, it would have been more timely if I talked about it last week and I would have. But man, if you guys are familiar or are at least like, part of the carpool gaming community then you'll know that it's head honcho mr sean like connery capri like the pants sean capri uh is actually stepping back and taking a bit of a hiatus from his role at carpool gaming i mean that came to me as a bit of a shock but part of me also wasn't surprised i mean he was so actively involved in everything to do with carpool gaming across all the different shows i don't even know how he i've often wonder how that man possibly managed to balance being a husband a father to two kids and then podcasting multiple times a week while still holding down a full-time job while still trying to keep up with his own health and wellness um that was a lot and even for me i tend to skip a lot of weeks because i i know that i need to kind of step back and and take a break but i think that I think that stepping back and kind of taking that break is it's going to be good for him. And I do hope to hear him back on the show uh, sometime soon. You know, he's ta- I don't know. He took a, a bit of an indefinite hiatus. Sean, if you're listening to this, hello. Hi, I'm just giving you a nice little shout out uh, on the show here. And I hope you're doing well. I hope that this break has been is doing real good for you. Uh, and you get more time to play all the games and catch up on whatever backlog you have and spend time with the fam while listening to you know, a lot of your coworkers are carpool gaming and taking over the channel and doing whatever the heck they want. Like I saw Matt jumping around on different shows. Like he's going on on Nintendo Drive, Xbox Drive. Uh, like he's all over the place. You know what I mean? Where, where this is anarchy. Where are all these people coming from? But but anyway, carpool gaming is in, in great hands with the team over there, and I I wish them all the best. I keep up with their shows from time to time, and I again. Sean brought me onto his show like two years ago uh, when I was in the midst of doing, I was doing my show as I'm still doing my show. And I've been on with We The Gamer Cast twice, you know, and I've met a bunch of people through the community. So if it wasn't for Sean, I don't think I'd be in, as invested in this community and on all the shows and, you know, made the friends that I did through this community. So again, Sean, enjoy your time off, enjoy your break. But I want to get forward and, and focus on refocus on the show. That's why you guys are here today. You want to find out what the heck has this guy been doing? Why had, He's been off for like a week and a half, two weeks, and what does he have to show for it? Well, 
I will tell you. New game that I've been playing over the past week as well. I got back into an oldie television show that I'm going to catch you guys up on. So first off, I did drop The Artful Escape. The game was freezing on me. It wouldn't even let me load the game. So I, I deleted it and I'm going to reboot it eventually later on. But I started this other game. It, it launched on uh, PlayStation Plus not too long ago. It's called Erica. And it's this interactive film game. So it's it's kind of a game but it's a film and the story progresses like a film and you're interacting with with different items throughout the world and this is the first time that I really felt like I utilized the touchpad the touchpad is sort of like your only uh, button prompt throughout this game you can kind of swipe left swipe right wipe stuff to almost like like almost like wiping a mirror or wiping like a dirt a dirty mirror or something like that but you're interacting with the world and you're interacting with different items throughout the game and it is quite it is quite an interesting albeit predictable story uh involves this girl erica who is trying to unravel the truth about her father's death and it's and it's possible ties to sort of this occult within this like girl's community like a called like delphi house which is like an asylum for troubled uh teen girls i guess and Erica was ulti- ultimately raised with the belief that, you know, her phone. And you're kind of deciding the responses that she's going to give. Uh, you're just, you're um, picking up certain items and you're also choosing specific paths that she goes down to sort of interact with the film. Uh, so it's a cool premise. It's very it's a very unique premise that I haven't experienced in a game uh, thus far. Uh, but albeit, I think that the story and the acting is a little kind of like, yeah, you know what I mean? But... I think the the gameplay premise is what really sells for this game. Otherwise, though, I mean, I'm pretty much almost done. I'm at what would ultimately be the climax of the film movie, I guess. So I'm I'm getting close to the end there. I do want to move away from that. The uh, the show that I am referring to that I have gotten back into watching. I've basically left my wife in the dust. I don't think she's ever going to get caught up. I'm st- I've gotten back into the Flash. I've been behind two seasons, so I didn't watch any of season eight. I was basically waiting to sit down and watch it with my wife, but she's forgotten that she even watched that show. So I just went ahead and started watching. I'm about seven episodes in now, and I'm intending to get caught up uh, so we can finally put the Arrowverse to bed. (laughs) Because they're on season nine of The Flash now, and they're effectively killing the Arrowverse after this show. You know, aside from the fact that Superman and Lois is still kind of existing somewhere, as well as Gotham Knights just started on television on the CW network not too long ago, which again, I am predicting that show is not going to go past the first season. I'm already hearing that it's not reviewing very well. So, I mean, if the actors believe in it, is that going to be enough for it to survive? Probably not. You know, the fans have to also believe in it too. And it doesn't seem to be following too closely to the source material. So it is just kind of its own odd duck within the Arrowverse question mark. I I don't think it is. I think it's like a Elseworld story, much like the DCEU is trying to do. Time to get into our major stories for this week. It was kind of a weird news week. It was very slow. But the biggest thing that seemed to drop, and it was actually a film-based story. So we got a a big story from earlier this week, I think Monday or Tuesday, that Marvel Studios has actually lost one of its major executives amidst a recent recent struggles within the MCU. 
so Victoria Alonso, who is best known for being the president of physical and post-production, visual effects, and animation for Marvel Studios. She had been with the company since 2006, so she's been around and she's been a producer since the first Iron Man movie. And, you know, rumor has it, some people are saying that, that she left on her own accord, but the rumor is that she was fired. And now that's this is an interesting rumor because um, more recently we've seen people coming out of the woodwork that work for Marvel that are coming out anonymously to say that, you know, the workplace, like toxic workplace environment sort of thing, and they don't point to any specific uh, departments, but visual effects has been lacking uh, as throughout season four. And it appeared most notable, especially in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is now being touted as the second worst film that the MCU has debuted. So it's got the second lowest score uh, with the Eternals. And not the best start for phase five, but we're hoping that like future films and television shows will rectify this. And with the, um, you know, rehiring a Bob Iger in, in the the uh, CEO role of Disney, hopefully is going to shake things up. And I think that if the rumors are true and Victoria Alonso was let go, uh, the reasons that were brought forth were actually a combination that included a consortium that was human resources, Disney's legal department, and multiple executives, including Disney Entertainment co-chairman Alan Bergman. And of course, Alonzo's longtime boss and Marvel chief executive creative officer, Kevin Feige, he said he had felt mired in an impossible situation and ultimately did not intervene, according to a source. This was apparently a blindside to Alonzo, who just days before was nominated uh, for a film, Argentina 1985, where she was at the red carpet and she was with a group of female photographers and they were basically talking about the fact that that they have worked so hard as you know female individuals of the LGBTQ community to get to a position of power and that they are not going anywhere and timing wise it was it was a shakeup and it was a, it caught everybody off guard considering the fact and this was something that I learned as well this week Victoria Alonso was actually she was actually considered she was named in Hollywood Reporter's Women in Entertainment Power Top 100 uh, back in December 2022. So the timing of this really, really sucks. There hasn't been a replacement announced for Victoria Alonso uh, as of recently. Um, but this shakeup does suggest that she was canned and not that she let go of her own accord. But we haven't received any statements yet officially from Marvel Studios, from Kevin Feige, from Victoria Alonso herself. It seems as though Bob Iger is taking the the struggles of MCU Phase 4 very seriously, and it's trickling down to Kevin Feige and his team at Marvel Studios, who are now um, slowly pushing back release dates for a lot of Marvel releases. Uh, shows that were initially had set months are now listed as coming soon. And I think that they're giving more treatment to the quality of the shows rather than pushing out the quantity. So I think that this is fair. Should it have all fallen on Victoria Alonso's shoulder and to, for her to basically be chopped off the chopping block? It's hard to say, uh, but it seems all too coincidental that, you know, with several VFX staff coming forward and talking about the toxic work environment and then hearing this consortium of HR, the legal department and Disney executives, like personally coming together to fire Victoria Alonso, there must have been enough evidence to suggest that this stuff actually happened. And it doesn't bode well for 
her, her exit and her timing and the fact that she had received this recognition not too long ago. So there's a bit of an uncertain future in terms of that end of the MCU, but I'm certain that they will find a replacement fairly soon because, you know, the next film that's going to be debuting is Guardians 3, which is already in post-production and is basically going to be, it's locked to come out May 5th. So that's more than a month and a half away at this point. The next story I want to talk about, uh, this was a gaming story that it's rumor, speculation at this point, but voice actor Tony Todd uh, who is going to be doing the voice of Venom for the upcoming Spider-Man 2 game, seemed to suggest that Spider-Man 2 is going to be dropping in September. He also teased that a massive publicity campaign would kick off in August. And he might have realized they shared too much because apparently he deleted this tweet that he had announced like soon after they had made this announcement. So we really don't know much about Spider-Man 2, but a September window does seem likely at this point. I, I would like to see another trailer. I was hoping to see a trailer at the last state of play, but that didn't seem to come to fruition. All we really know is that, you know, the story is going to involve Craven. It's going to involve Venom. We're going to probably get more details about Harry Osborn in, in a uh, cryo tank with the symbiote. He may possibly be Venom. We, we don't really know. Uh, we're going to be playing as Spider-Man and Miles Morales, both versions of Spider-Man. This game is also falling in line with when Starfield is supposed to be debuting, so it's kind of going up against some stiff competition. But I think Spider-Man has a strong shot at, based on hype alone. I think it'll do really well and stand out. I think enough people will want to play Spider-Man 2 uh, before Starfield, personally. But, I mean, here's the thing. It's it's console-exclusive versus console-exclusive because Starfield's going to be a, a Microsoft-only. So... It, it's really up to the individual console holder to decide who they're going to play with. This next story, this is one that I never thought I would ever talk about <laughs> on a podcast. And funny enough, because I have no interest, nor I have the knowledge to really talk to this very much. But Valve had, had somehow slyly announced that Counter-Strike 2 was going to be launching this summer. Uh, so Source 2 port will feature new and improved maps, sub-tick updates, uh, this was announced on Wednesday, promising an overhaul to every system, every piece of content, and every part of the Counter-Strike experience. This announcement came with three videos of Counter-Strike 2 in action, showing off newly updated maps, dynamic smoke grenades, and sub-tick updates, which Valve says offers even more precise server updates. This new Counter-Strike is going to run, run on Valve's Source 2 engine calling it the largest technical leap forward in Counter-Strike's history. It means that visual overhaul for Counter-Strike's classic maps, some of which have been people have been playing on for over 20 years. These maps will be cleaner, brighter, and better. Valve says thanks to upgrades and overhauls, which leverage all of the new Source 2 tools and rendering features. So 20 years since the first Counter-Strike Global Offensive came out, that's amazing to me to think that they've been able to to mark, to play on those maps for this long uh, and on PC. And so I hope that this is not like another Overwatch 2 scenario. Um, the idea I would imagine is that Counter-Strike 2 is just going to become the new sort of mainstay and maybe they'll just, you know, sweep CSGO away and then everybody's just going to shift forward into this new fresher looking counter-strike i again i'm not familiar with 
anything to do with Counter-Strike, but I thought this was a big news story to kind of share because, I mean, for one, you know, hey, Valve is still making games. That's pretty cool. You know, I thought that their focus would be on hardware side with the Steam Deck, but it turns out that they've been working on a sequel to Counter-Strike this entire time, or they've been working at slowly modifying it or, or patching it up to a better version. Uh, so that's cool. And I think that it's well, it's long past due for an upgrade. So I guess it's finally a good thing that that came, I guess. Finally, this last story is more of like, I don't know what I would exactly call this, but um, as you guys know, if you're familiar with the MCU, and I'm coming back to the MCU because this story came up interestingly enough that um, the MCU's Blade reboot is, it's going through all these changes that threaten to make it kind of a tricky film to release. You know, it's going through uh, full rewrites, it's going through changing of the guard in terms of directors, and even pushing it back in the, in the uh, release window, because it was originally supposed to debut, I think, this year, in, in <laughs> like Halloween this year, around that time, but now it's been pushed back to, I think, next year. So... So what ended up happening was that recent reports are suggesting that with the rewrites, the massive rewrites that have come for Blade, that they have actually cut a Black Knight role that was going to be part of the original film. That was Kit Harington had actually debuted as Dane Whitman, who eventually his character does become the Black Knight in the comics, uh, in Eternals. Uh, they did tease this in the post credit scene for the Eternals when Mahershala Ali's character did kind of speak to him and ask him if he's ready to possess the ebony blade. And so it's interesting how they're not even going to possibly address this sort of vocal whisper in the wind uh, from Eternals and that it's going to be put off possibly to a potential sequel or either to Eternals or to Blade because the rumor now is that Blade is now going to be a prequel to, I guess what it, it's going to be set in like the past much like captain marvel was and i think that they're going to use blade as a springboard for more supernatural heroes to come together in their own team which would possibly include black knight and they're using ali's character to become to kind of introduce a new generation of film goers who may not be as familiar with the original blade trilogy so for now i mean this tease i'm not entirely worried about this tease and the, here's the reason why marvel has always found a way in some way shape or form to tie up loose ends in certain ways and i think that they're still working on this whether it be finding a way to soft softly reboot the idea of spider-man as this kid with the iron man mask from iron man 2 they also are bringing back uh the leader uh, who was a villain that was teased at the end of The Incredible Hulk back in 2008. Uh, and he's going to be a villain in the new Captain America film. They also brought back Abomination for She-Hulk, even though he hadn't been seen since The Incredible Hulk as well. So there's characters and there's themes and there's references that were introduced in early phases of the MCU that are now being reintroduced because anything's at play in this new world. And... You know, time goes on, time keeps moving forward, but the characters still exist in this universe in some way, shape, or form, whether it be in this universe or another. So the idea that 
they're using Blade as a prequel film to introduce his character, I still think that's a pretty good idea. I think that if they were to debut the character and, you know, kind of toss him directly into teeing up that Black Knight team up, it it basically negates the ability to let Blade stand out on his own as an interesting character, as a vampire hunter. I had heard rumors too that the film was going to introduce his daughter. I think it's too soon to really go that route. I think the character needs to have his own film and to solidify his role within the universe as sort of a supernatural horror character and dealing with supernatural horror horror baddies. I think it would be cool. And I had heard rumors that Blade was going to be, you know, like tied to like almost like a early, early 1900s sort of like Gothic horror vibe which I think would be a really cool setting for Blade. But time will tell what the actual story is going to be. Hopefully there isn't going to be any more hiccups with the production of this film because there already is enough hiccups. And most people just want to see this film just come out because he had been announced as Blade, I think, pre since pre-COVID, like 2018 or 2019 or even before that. So he's been waiting for a while. He's ready. He is ready to play. Finally, I want to talk about our poll question from two weeks ago. So two weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that Starfield inevitably got delayed to September. I asked you guys, do you think that Bethesda's decision to delay Starfield will ultimately yield positive results? Seemingly enough, the majority of you were fairly positive about this. 89% of you said yes, that delaying Starfield would be positive for the game. So you guys were a little more positive than I was. I, I'm still kind of on the fence of like the iffy cyberpunk curse. Hopefully it's not going to rain down on Bethesda. But I think Bethesda is the type of company that they're going to work to make Starfield the best it can possibly be. It's not going to be a perfect game out of the gate. I don't think I can recall a Bethesda game that did release that didn't have its fair share of bugs at the start. I think a little more time in the pot is going to be good for Starfield. It gives them time to fine tune and try to fix as much as they can. But you got to admit, this game is massive. It's going to be a massive game. Like you're bound to miss something uh, from when you're going back and kind of fixing it up in the pot. Now, the next poll question that I want to introduce to you guys ties back to our first story about Victoria Alonso. And I'm I'm leading into the idea and the notion that she was fired ultimately from Marvel Studios. So if you don't think that she was fired, you know, feel free to sound off in the comments. But my question this week was, was firing Victoria Alonso the right move for Marvel Studios' future? Yes or no? You may need the context clearly, so feel free to go read a news article to learn more about her history, learn more about the accusations and to kind of get more of an understanding as to why it could be a positive future, finding a new lead and and this new direction Marvel's taking uh, by delaying shows and giving them more time in the pot may prove beneficial and may prove that we have more superb works of art that come out the other side. That's the route I'm leaning towards. I, I think that while Victoria Alonso did stand as a voice for, for women in power as well as LGBTQ communities, it doesn't excuse if she was the potential instigator for a toxic work environment. So I think that you could be a woman in power and a representative of that community and and lead the team with grace and dignity and and heart. 
uh, but not push people to crunch and the tight deadlines. That's, that's just where I come from for that. Let me know in the comments what you think about the story as well. The question is available now on Twitter at the release of this episode over on my personal Twitter account at Will Key. If you haven't gone over there, feel free to follow me. The results will be discussed on next week's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Thank you for waiting patiently for me to come back. You can head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I occasionally will post feature-length articles, news pieces, or general opinions on anything I find interesting. If you want to follow me on social media, here's a couple places to do so. I do have Hive. I don't use it often, but my account name is at William Outbreak as well. You can follow this per- this Twitter account, the Twitter account for the show, which is at Podcast Outbreak. But you can also follow me on my personal Twitter account at Will Key, spelled K-E-E. If you want to follow me on TikTok or search for some articles of clothing or anything on Redbubble, William Outbreak is what you can do for both of those accounts. If you listen to this podcast on Anchor, thank you so much. We're hosted on Anchor.fm at, at anchor.fm backslash the Outbreak Podcast. Feel free to listen on any of the distributed platforms. This includes Apple, Spotify, Google, and more and more and more. And if you if you're on a platform that is capable of leaving a review, please leave a review, leave some five stars, let me know what you think, let me know your thoughts. I would love to be able to read it on the show and I would love to be able to shout you guys out because I want to honor my listeners and the ones who stay loyal, stay humble, stay kind. That is all for tonight. I will now get to editing the show and hopefully getting back to finishing that Erica game so I can, you know, be done with it and move on. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have yourselves a great night.